Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. They had jobs for for them. They had work for them. They had land for them. They had housing for them. During the feast, excuse me, during the famine, they had a feast, right? And I, I'm using this to explain the best way I can. Paul the Apostle, when he went, to, when he went there to Thessalonica, he said it, it, it wasn't empty. Matter of fact, it was very fruitful. And I want to encourage you, God's ways are not our ways. His ways are so much better than our ways. And I truly believe if we just follow him and we're just, we just seek his face and, we, and we're, we're just you know, putting him first in our life, God, I know in my own life, he blows my mind. It's beyond anything that I can even imagine. That doesn't mean there's not battles and there's not difficulties. Yeah, yeah, that, that happens. But guess what? Ultimately, God does way beyond anything we can ask for or even think of. Amen? Romans 11.33 goes great with this. It says, oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of who? God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. In other words, it's beyond anything you can even come up with. Isaiah 40, 28, it says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. I hope that's not a picture of your God, that God's up there fainting. And he's worried. He's like, oh, what are you biting his nails? Like, what are we going to do down there? It's really bad. <laughs> no, he's not worried. It says his understanding is unsearchable, beyond anything you can imagine. That's our God. And you guys know this one, Isaiah 55, 8. This is the Lord speaking. It says, for my thoughts are not, what? Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. You know what that means? It means better than your ways, much greater than your ways. I wonder how often I am, how, wonder, how often we can limit God, what he wants to do, because we just, don't, we, we just don't allow him to work. And my thoughts, then, your thoughts. Back in our text, he goes on to say, but even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the, can we say that out loud, please? The gospel of, the, of God. In much, What? Paul is saying we persevered. Conflict, that word if you're a note-taker, it's an athletic term. It means a contest, a struggling contest that, that Paul was going through. The, 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 the warfare was unbelievable for Paul the apostle when he shared the gospel, but he knew it was entrusted to him. So he's reminding them when we were in Philippi, so Acts chapter 16, remember what happened to Paul when he was in Philippi? Remember? Remember he was walking around and there was a fortune teller that was following him? Remember that in Acts chapter 16? And she was actually telling the truth. Check this out. She was yelling, you know, these guys are the you know, servants of the most high God. And they kept screaming. She kept screaming. Finally, it tells us Paul the apostle got so annoyed. And you would think if that was us, we'd think, no, no, no. Tell, yeah, boast in me. You know, tell me I'm, I'm a servant of the most high God. No, no. He recognized that was a demon inside of her. She was a fortune teller with a demon. That tells you what, how fortune tellers can do their crazy, weird stuff. He commanded the demon to get out of her. Remember that? 
in the name of Jesus? And then she was delivered and she was in her right mind. Well, the, her masters that had much profit because of her fortune teller telling, they were so enraged, they were so upset. They, they, they brought Paul and Silas and they brought them before the, the, the mob of people. And it says that they stripped them of their clothes in public and they beat them with rods. And if that wasn't bad enough, they put them in stocks, you know, they, they put them in shackles and they put them into the lowest part of the, the dungeon, the, the you know, low part of the prison, right? Good thing the story doesn't end there, right? Remember what happened? At midnight, they started praying and doing what? Praising, Praising God. And what happened? Thank you. Yeah, she's, you guys read your Bible. You guys were reading your Bible. These little pockets. Earthquake took place, so much so that the prison shook, the doors of the prison were open, the shackles fell off, and then the, the guard, the, the guy that was there, he was sleeping, remember that? And he woke up, and what did he try to do? Kill himself, very good. He took a sword, he was going to kill himself. And Paul the Apostle walks out, check this out, and he runs out of the prison. I think I might have ran out of prison. I would have, if I saw the guy, the guard with a sword like this, and I'm thinking, whoa, God's even taking care of this guy, the guard. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. No, no, no. Listen, think through this. Paul knew if he was to die, he's going right to heaven, but he realized the guy that's going to kill himself, if he killed himself right then and there, he probably would have went directly to hell. And he cared more about that man than he cared about his own soul. And he, tell, he told the guy, he says, do yourself no harm. We're all here. And the man was so drawn, he fell down to his knees and he says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, let us out of prison? No. <laughs> I love what he said. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household shall be saved. I believe that was a prophecy because that's exactly what happened. This man's household, was all, they were all saved. And Paul's reminding this church, this new church, says, we went through all that they still had wounds, I believe, on their backs from being beaten severely. And they, he's saying, we, we didn't retreat. We went into your city and we kept preaching the gospel. We were still bold. Thinking through that, if I was Paul and Silas, I might think, well, that was pretty rough, Lord. Can we just let these wounds heal up a little bit and let's take a little siesta, a little time off, maybe sleeping, or take a, a month away from ministry? He's reminding them of that. And, and guys, I want to use this text, this part as we're talking about pleasing God. They, they persevered. When we give the gospel, we're going to have opposition. When we teach the word of God, believe me, we're going to have opposition. When you're worshiping, you're going to have opposition. There's going to be opposition and, and conflict because it's the same. It's the same battle. People, they don't want to hear the truth. A lot of people don't want to hear it. And, and so there'll be conflict. But my encouragement to you, persevere. Don't give up. Keep going forward. 19 years ago when the church was started at the Sunset Beach Women's Club, there, talk about battles, conflict. Matter of fact, we started with two families, and the two families, they got in an argument with one another, and so one of the families just left the church, so we had our first church split. They are right there at the beginning, first and only church split, right there, overnight. We went from two families to one family, overnight. We just, it was it. But the battles, and all I know, the Lord kept ministering to, to, to me and my wife, just persevered, be consistent, don't give up, don't give up, keep going forward. And let me tell you, you know, being the first and only church in Sunset Beach in over 100 years, they've never had one. The, 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 the ground was tough. 
It took about seven years. We keep a little small uh, woman's center, and it took seven years finally to break through, about seven years just faithfully, just teaching the word, sharing the gospel, and then one by one, people would come from the community. They'd give their life to Christ. They'd invite their friends, and they'd come to Christ, and they'd invite their friends, and they'd come to Christ, and then one by one, people were coming to Christ, and, and God was just ministering to me, just keep preaching, keep teaching, just do what I called you to do. Don't give up. Paul is an example for us. Don't give up. There's going to be conflict. Don't give in. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't fall for it. If God's for you, who could be against you? And so just thinking through, I was also thinking through uh, when we met at the women's club, it was, it's still there, but it's in a residential area. How many people know the women's club? Anybody here? Okay, not too many people. So it's in a residential area. It's behind Captain Jack's, right? Guess how much parking space we had? Zero. We didn't have a parking lot. Matter of fact, if that's not bad enough, the neighbors would park, and they would park when we first started, they parked right next to the door to get in. They could park right next to it. So we couldn't even open the door about this much to try to get to kind of, the people go to church like this. Okay, we're coming to church. Okay, come on, come on in. Talk about battles. And then finally, Captain Jack's opened up their parking lot for us, so we got people, but that still wasn't enough. So people would park, they'd try to par- find parking. I mean, many times I'd come to church, I'm on PCH somewhere looking for parking. Had to, you know, we had to look for parking and far, far away. And I remember many times I'm at the pulpit preaching, I could look out, the, so look out this way. So I was looking out the window, and you'd see new people, because you could tell they're new, they're, they're slowing down, they're looking in like this, and go, okay, this is the church, we finally found it, there's a church, but there's no parking. And they'd circle around the street, and you'd see them again, they'd circle around the street, we'd see them again. And then finally, the third time, almost, almost every time, third time, I'd watch them go, and speed up, they'd go take off, and I'd go, oh, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm there goes another one, bye, see you later. <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully next week, never see them again. But my point is that, you know what, just whatever God has called us to do, especially if it's of the Lord, there's going to be conflicts, there's going to be difficulties, but persevere. Great scripture that goes with all this. Hebrews 10.35, listen to this. It says, therefore, do not cast away your, can we say that out loud? Confidence. confidence. In other words, when you get discouraged, you can lose your, your, your Christ confidence and who we are in Christ. And the author of Hebrews is saying, therefore, do not cast away your confidence in who you are, what God has called you to do. Know what God has called you to do. Don't let anybody discourage you. Don't let anybody take you off course. Do what God has called you to do, which has great what? What? The confidence in Christ has great reward. When you keep doing what God's called you to do, you're not listening to what man has to say, but know it's God that's called you to do it. For you have need of, can we say that out loud? Endurance. Maybe there's somebody here today, you have need of endurance to endure. And I would suggest after the service, get some prayer. Ask the Lord to give you endurance to keep pushing forward. Because we're in a battle together. So after you have done the what? The will of God. You may receive the, after you do God's will. Who are you serving? Hopefully it's God. Is it God's will? Keep doing what he's called you to do. And after you will receive the promise that he's made you. You guys know this one real well. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not do what? Grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap or have the benefit of what we're doing. If we do not do what? Lose heart. That means if we don't give up. Literally, that means don't give up. Don't give up. That's what Paul did. He didn't give up, though there was conflict. 
last two verses, he goes on to tell them, this church, this young church that he began, he says, for our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the what? The gospel. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but who? God, who tests our hearts. Paul the Apostle, after he left, see, we've talked about this already, Paul the Apostle had to leave town because they were trying to arrest him and throw him in jail there in Thessalonica. They were going after him, so he had to leave. And those that were coming against him were Jewish people that were, were told that were envious. They were jealous of him. So I'm sure they were talking bad about Paul, the apostle. So Paul's just kind of covering his bases, saying, guys, listen, uh, they might be telling you that I did this for gain, that I did it I deceitfully, and I deceived you guys. I did it with an impure heart. I had a motive. He's saying, no, no, I had pure motives. I wasn't manipulating you. I wasn't deceiving you. You guys know that. I'm, I wasn't doing it to please man. I was doing this to please God. Everything we do, we should make sure we're not doing it to please man. We're doing it to please him. Being a man pleaser is ugly. It really is. Not, I don't mean that we're rude and we're obnoxious. Or, oh, don't tell me what to do. No, 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 no. There's that. I'm not talking about that. I, I'm talking about you're, you're doing things to impress man and you want approval from man. No, get your approval from him. The Bible even says, beware when all men speak good of you. I personally believe that in context is talking about those in the world that are talking good of you. Beware if all these people in the world say, wow, that guy's great, man. I love this guy. Oh, man, he's awesome. If you're really doing what you're called to do, if they're in darkness, they're not going to like you around them. Believe me, when I was in my dark world and my sister or others were in my life, these bright lights, I didn't want anything to do with them. How is he pleasing God? By sharing the gospel that was entrusted to him. You and I as believers, we've been entrusted with this wonderful gift the good news of Jesus. You might say, well, what is it exactly? Well, it's good news, but Paul breaks it down real good for us. He tells us exactly what the gospel is in 1 Corinthians 15.1. It says, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you are, excuse me, in which you stand, by which also you are saved. We're saved from what? The gospel. When we believe it and receive it, the good news if you hold fast, don't miss this part. If you hold fast the, that word, which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. If you hold fast the word, unless you believe in vain. I truly believe that if we are lovers of the word of God, there's a, that's a good indication we're really saved. If we don't really love the word of God and love to spend time in the word of God, you might have believed in vain. In other words, it might have been empty. Maybe you didn't really give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never really repented of your sin. You, you need to make sure that... If you don't love the word of God, you might have believed in vain. You, you might not have repented of your sin. You might not have turned to him. You might not have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. But then he goes on and breaks it down, the gospel. Deliver to you first of all that which I also received. What? The gospel. That Christ, this is it, that Christ died for what? Our sins, according to the scriptures. That's the main part of the gospel. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. Our sin, your sin, separates us from God. He's holy. So Jesus Christ, the wages of sin is what? Death. Jesus Christ paid the penalty. He died in your stead. He died in your place. That's the gospel. I pray we know it. I pray we, we give it out, that we share it, and that he was buried, 
and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus Christ conquered the grave. He conquered the grave not only for himself, he conquered the grave for all of us that we too, when we're absent from the body, will be in the presence of the Lord. We don't have to go in a holding place. We go in heaven with him. He conquered the grave for us. Matter of fact, it says that he who first ascended, first descended into the lower parts of the earth and he set captives free. I always get this visual. So Jesus, he dies on the cross. I believe the enemy would thought it was great victory. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead. We got him. We got him. And then he goes down into the lower parts of the earth, Sheol, where the, there's the, the, the two different uh, areas there. You got Abraham's bosom or paradise. Then you have the, the torture place. I believe he went down in there. Because he who ascended first descended into the lower parts. They thought they had him. They thought that he's locked up. And uh, he goes down there. Well, the wages of sin is death. Well, guess what? He never sinned. Death could not hold him down. So basically, I, I, believe, I just picture this. This is me, okay? This is, okay, if you're new at the church, this is scripture. This is my opinion right here. I get this visual. So because the wages of sin is death, he knew no sin. He goes down to the lower parts of the earth, Abraham's bosom, and he goes, the key holder is like, oh, excuse me, key holder. Who, me? Yeah, yeah, come here, come here a second. Open that door. What do you mean? I'm not allowed to open that door. That's, that, no, 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 no. Open the door. I'm setting the captives free. And he emptied the place. And they're in heaven. And now when we die, to be absent from our body means that we're in the presence of the Lord. Because Jesus Christ conquered the grave. He who knew no sin became a sin offering for us. The gospel. The gospel entrusted to us. When I first came here from Michigan in 2000, one of my first ministries here was at the convalescent home in a nursing home. I actually loved that season. It was great. We used to teach a Bible study at two different places. Remember, I've mentioned this before. Remember the activities director? She was a Christian, and I would teach the Bible study. She would go and wheel people in from all different uh, faiths and all their Hindu people would come in. She would bring Jewish people in. She would bring in spiritists are coming in, and she would just, uh, you know, sometimes they would hold the wall. Please, I don't want to go. Please don't. She'd go, no, no, you need to go. And she'd take this. You got to go listen to the gospel. It's good for you. I loved it. A part of the ministry, not only did we teach Bible studies there, but a friend of mine, we went in every room in, in that facility, both facilities. They gave us free reign to walk into every room. So we went around every room and we shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with every person that was there. It was a powerful ministry. One of the ladies I'll never forget, her name's Eunice. And we went in and shared the gospel with Eunice. I said, Eunice, do you believe that? She said, yes. Eunice, do you want to pray to receive Christ as your Savior? She said, yes. So we prayed with Eunice to receive the Lord. After she prayed, I looked around and in her room. There was no flowers. There was no cards. There was no pictures of family on the wall. Her room was the only room that was like that. I knew right away nobody visits this woman. So after she prayed, I said, Eunice, the Bible says that now that you're a Christian, you're my sister. And I said, I want to get to know my sister better. And we're going to be here on such and such dates. And I, I'm going to spend time with you because I really want to know my sister better. I'll never forget her answer. She looked up at me and she says, can I please say that prayer again? And she did. And she meant it. I believe I only went there one other time. And after that, she went on to be with the Lord. She heard the gospel. She was saved. The gospel is so powerful, guys. We can't save anybody. All we're, we're told to do is share it. Just share it. Get it out there. It's up to people to receive it, reject it. It's not up for us. We can't force anyone. Paul the Apostle said, when I was with you, it wasn't deceit. 
that I, was, I wasn't doing it to manipulate. I wasn't doing it for my gain. I wasn't doing it uh, for any reason other than I want to please God. And I know it doesn't please man. And I know that I get beaten for it. I know I get uh, accused of different things for it. But Paul says, I don't care. I want to please you, God. 1995, when I, before I knew the Lord, during spring break, a group of guys, we went to Daytona Beach. Would never recommend it for anybody, actually. It's terrible. I'll never forget, I was on the beach there in Daytona, Florida. A young man came up to me, looked like he was about high school age. He started making small talk with me, and so we had just small talk, and all of a sudden he looked right at me, and he says, Jesus Christ knows what you're going through right now, and he can help you. And all I know is I looked in this man's eyes, and I knew something. I knew two things. First, I believed that God was speaking right to me through this man, this young man. And the second thing was, when I looked in his eyes, I knew I wasn't even saved yet. I knew this man knew God. I knew that right then and there. It's like, he knows God. I saw it in his eyes. That night, I severely hurt my back, so much so the next morning I couldn't even get out of bed. My, my friends lifted me up, put me up on my feet, and I fell down like a rag doll. I, I messed my back up very bad. I couldn't even stand up. They called 911. They took me to the hospital. The doctor was funny. I just remember he had long legs like this with his hair. His hair was down to here. The doctor, he was like this, dude, he's talking to me like this. I'm like, well, I don't even know why I mentioned that part. It's, it's not really, doesn't have anything to do with anything. But he's showing me the x-rays and showing me what happened. And then I have a birth defect in my lower back. And, and so I injured it. And so he gave me a bunch of drugs, sent me home. But that was the start. He gave me, the kid gave me a track, and I read the track, and that was the start of me coming to Christ. I was so arrogant, I was so prideful, I was so filled with self, and God had to break me down. I needed it. I shared this part before me, it's so crazy. I can barely walk, and I would still go to the bars and try to go to the dance floor and try to dance. I'm like, oh, this is killing me. I'm like, and I was like, I remember being on the dance floor thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? He shared the gospel. He gave me a track, and he, he was used by God in a powerful way. Guys, listen, it's been entrusted to every one of us. The gospel of Jesus Christ is entrusted to us, just like it was with Paul. What are we doing with it? Are we sharing it? If you knew somebody was going to die, maybe a friend or a relative, a loved one of yours, and, and you had the antidote, and it was there with you, and it's in your pocket, and you're watching that person die, and it's in your pocket, you're like, oh, they're going to die. And it's like, it's like oh, wait, you've got the antidote. Well, they might get mad at me. The others around, they're not going to like what I have to say. They're, they're going to say it's not going to work. People are dying. They're dying in their sin. There's only one solution. There's only one way. The only cure is Jesus Christ. We have the answer, guys. We're called, each one of us. And I know it's not comfortable sometimes. People get mad, people yell. But let me tell you, we're living in a day today, these last two and a half years or so, people are more open to the gospel of Jesus Christ than I've ever seen ever in my walk with the Lord. Why? Because what's happening is waking people up. And yeah, people will reject you. Yeah, you'll have opposition. Yeah, it could be difficult. But who are we trying to please? Are we trying to please man? Or are we trying to please God? As we close... I want to please God. Hebrews 11.6, as we close with this. For without faith, it is what? Impossible to what? To please God, him. Without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You want to please God? Walk by faith as a believer. If you're not a believer here today, you want to please God, you need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you can't please God. 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he's God. This goes out to those that are searching. If there's any online watching us right now, if you're searching, you need to know that he's God, that he's a creator of heaven and earth and everything that's seen. You have to believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And that, listen, don't miss this part. This is for us as believers. And that he is a rewarder of those who do what? That's our God. We have to make a choice every day. Are we going to please ourselves? Are we going to please man? Are we going to please God? Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.